0: Created live on Fireside.
1: All right, we did it. Hey, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Okay, we got Laura. She is the host and founder of the podcast Zen AF a self-developed podcast that helps listeners get more mindful and optimize their mental health and general well-being. Thank you so much, Laura, for coming on the show. Thanks for inviting me.
0: I was super excited about that opportunity. Yeah, French, Canada, and Quebec. So I have all of my episodes except except one, which is in English, but I'm going to do more in English. Uh, It's just for the beginning. uh, My my audience is uh, French first. But I, I, I really just want to open up to uh, to uh, all kinds of people. So, English uh, will come more and more on my podcast.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I, I was listening to the Share podcast. I was actually Omar's first interview for the Share wow. podcast, it must have been six, seven years ago. Oh, awesome. uh, I didn't know that. Isn't that, that funny? <laughs> uh, I did yeah. hear a lot of interesting things, and I love that you're all about healing. and if you could just tell us a little bit about your experience and how you became interested in, you know, changing the story to a, a more positive life. Yeah, actually,
0: uh, the, the story is um, kind of the story of my life, but I won't tell the story of my life <laughs> because uh, I will <laughs> just say bit by bit, but um, since at 14 years old, I've, I've developed an eating disorder, which is called binge eating disorder, which is actually the most common one, which, but the less talked about because people are, are, people are not dying from it usually, but it yeah. does affect a lot your self-esteem. It does. Uh, it's very similar as an addiction. Actually, that's why I, that's how I have lived it. Um, and, and, that was the beginning of my story and the, the always wanted to fix myself and to find a way to to change how I was feeling but because I was feeling too much obviously it was too much for me and I had to cope in a way in by using food actually so it's kind of of I wanted to solve that mm-hmm. so much but for at first for the the wrong reason because I just didn't want to get fat. That was like the, when you're 14 years old, you don't want to, you're scared of, of gaining weight. That's kind of the worst thing that could happen to you. Yeah. So you always want to find solutions. Right. So at first it was that, it was just for my physical appearance. And then I was like, why am I not able to stop? Like, why am I, 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 I like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm struggling that much to commit to something, to say like, tomorrow is the last day that I'm going to overeat or Monday, you know, uh, diet starts tomorrow or, or diet starts Monday. Like why, why mm-hmm. I have no discipline, why I cannot uh, commit to a promise that I, I'm making to myself. So this is, and this is similar to an addiction when you think about that, not being able to stop some kind of habit, some kind of consumption, and it's not a lack of discipline as we know it's it's more profound than that it's more complicated than that so in trying to solving you know what I mean
1: very complicated and and that's the thing it's like where do you even start when people like me or when you want to stop you're used to living like this every single day and you're life has to completely change. But where do you start? It's very difficult because you've got your brain, you know, you f- do the physical, like you stop the drugs, you stop the binge eating, but then you've got this thing that's going around. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it's just, it becomes really difficult, especially if you don't get help and you're doing it on your own. Because oh, yeah. a lot of people, you know, with COVID and everything, they're on their own. Yeah,
0: I think COVID was the the worst thing that could happen to everyone who's sensible to addiction because we were <laughs> uh, it was all uncontra things we cannot control around us and and, and it was it was really hard for that. But for me, it kind of pushed me to to go deeper into my introspection. And when, when you're talking about like where to start, I was like preparing for that interview I was asking myself like where did I start like what was my because my journey was so long and it's not even like I'm I'm not healed like 100% healed yeah of course Uh, you know what I mean like I'm not like oh I am Zen AF it's kind of actually it's kind of ironic I use Zen AF because that means like I'm always aspiring and want it and working towards the Zen oh, okay. as fuck, but you know I'm always as like I always want to work toward that, but I always have things to work on and to adjust, and I have to do it in a compassionate way, not being like, oh, why am I not fixed yet, and why am I not perfect yet? So that's I kind like that. one, yeah, that's part of the problem to to be that that hard on yourself and to say, darn, why am I not like healed? and so on. So I don't know where I was going with that, but the first, yeah, the first thing, so what's like the first thing that happened to, to in my journey to, uh, to healing is really the gaining awareness. So mm-hmm. first of all, learning about what awareness is like learning about the fact that there is your thoughts and there is, there is something higher. your like a self that is witnessing your thoughts. So that Mm. is like mindfulness to Mindfulness was like the first tool. I was in a pharmacy and I, I saw on a book rack, like a random book called Mindful Eating. So it was always with my food struggle, but I learned about mindfulness through mindful eating. And it spoke to me so much because for the first time, it was not about fixing, finding the right diet for me it was about mm-hmm. understanding that i was eating because of different emotion and situations in my life and to mm-hmm. understand that there were triggers and that was like way more complicated than than you have to eat tuna and salad and that's it you know so for me it was like a game changer mm-hmm. and i was like okay so mindfulness and then i read about mindfulness i studied mindfulness and and i began to meditate and that was really the beginning of it all because it was the first time I was sitting with myself and just witnessing that I was something like I'm there's the me and there's the thoughts and it's two different things and I'm not my thoughts so yes love it you know so it's it's really simple but it's it's kind of a when you have that realization you're like oh so I'm not a slave to all of my crazy thoughts because there's some interesting thoughts, but I think that almost fifty percent and more are are kind of dangerous dangerous thoughts that we're having. It's from our childhood issues, it's from what our parents, what people around us have told us. But it's not necessarily the truth. Like we don't have to to believe everything that was said to us when we were young, but it it we when someone in your family tells you on and on like don't do that when you do that you are wrong when you do that you are wrong
1: mm-hmm. you you
0: find you you end up thinking it's the truth and that's really dangerous because it affects your present life and it can be toxic and drive negative emotion and then you want to escape and what you used to escape is often not super not super healthy
1: yeah yeah uh, so, you're kind of talking like the subconscious, your subconscious mind. You had a realization, you know, that you're subconscious. And, and that's an incredible uh, realization to have because it's so yeah. profound yeah. and spiritual a- at the same time. And that's interesting that you say meditation because so many people have such a hard time in med- with meditation, especially as alcoholics. Because yeah. I feel that we have this really, really uh, fast fast-paced, yeah right so it's it's difficult but I think with practice if you keep trying you know it, it can get better and that's a really good tool once you do get sober to continue with meditation
0: yeah and I think that yeah it's true and, and meditation is maybe not the only way but like to to allow silence for me it's really the and that's still something I really struggle with I always, like, need stimulation. And I think addicts are like that. Like, I always need to be stimulated. Like, boredom is, like, my worst nightmare, just doing nothing. It's like I cannot stand with myself. Like, that's the Mm. thing I most struggle with. It's like the the sitting with myself. There's something that's rising, and that's so uncomfortable. Mm. Like, I have to get out of it. I, I, I have to get out of myself. So I have that instinct. I don't know where it comes from. I really... I have no idea. I feel like I, I'm I'm like that since since teenagers, since hormones, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. I don't I don't know why, but but just to not watch Netflix, like I talked about Netflix with Omar, and 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 because mm-hmm. honestly, I still have to have like something on always chatting, and and that numbs me, so that helps me being more comfortable. But that's not healthy because. I don't feel connected to my soul. I don't feel connected to my intuition. I don't feel that. And when, when I push myself to have that silence, it's, it's, there's something wonderful, that connection to my soul, to my happiness, that's not from the external validation and external sources. It is precious. And that's the thing I think you have to, to allow. And for some people, it's prayer. So, so allow yourself to have that moment of silence with yourself. Spend time with yourself, I have a meeting with yourself, every day Yeah. For five minutes. Yeah, I
1: like that. Yeah. Uh, I've been riding my bicycle lately into the forest. I have a lot of health issues. I have a lot of uh, major health issues in the last year. So it's been really rough. I've been in a lot of fear, negativity, mm. all these things. Um, not yeah. necessarily all because of, you know, I'm thinking about my future and, and what is it going to be like it's more of just an everyday fear. It puts me a little bit more of a, a anxiety. So I've been trying to do things to, you know, to get rid of this and also get rid of the pain as well. So I've been riding a, a bike, which has, it's electric. So it has a little bit of uh, help and <laughs> I've been going into the forest and every time I go in, it's just so beautiful. And I think to myself, okay, I'm listening to this really great book, but I think I should turn it off because there's so much with those big trees hugging each other and all the oxygen around and the quiet wind and the birds. And it's amazing. And even on the back of my husband's motorcycle for years when we used to ride, I would always have the best ideas when I was sitting on the back, even though I had the helmet on, I wasn't talking to anybody. I don't know. It was just very strange. I had that, you know, profound moment every time. So I love, I'm a lover of going into nature and, you know, connecting with that way too, as well. I,
0: I could not have said it better. Nature is like, for me, there's meditation and nature is just another incredible way to connect with yourself and to be in the present moment, because it gives you something to listen to, to be like aware of. Like right now I'm in the prison moment. What am I, what, what am I hearing? Like you, you're saying, what am I feeling? Like the wind in my face, like there's nothing more wonderful and magical and natural than than, than that. For me, it's, it's one of the spiritual practice that I I love. And in winter it's so hard here. Like I know, I, I think, are you in Florida? Where are you uh, located? Yes, yes. Moved to Florida uh, recently. So oh the, that's good that's good for you. That's good for you because winter is really hard when you're a, a, a nature lover. I know that people walk outside like in winter, but I'm not a big fan of the cold, honestly. So mm-hmm. when summer summer's coming, like I, I feel so much more at ease, more connected spiritually because I can do those walk in nature and just be okay, look, now let's like get out of my head and just like what am I witnessing around me? Like what's happening? And when I'm walking my dog, which is, of course, every day, I'm trying to like connect in that way. I'm like, okay, I'm, walk- I'm walking my dog. So it's a, it's, a, it's a good moment to like, instead of being in what I have to do today and, and so on, because it, for me, it's in the morning. Like I wake up and my, it's like everything that I have to do. And my, my boyfriend is not even like up. And when he's up, I'm like, blah, 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 blah. blah. Like, I need more time <laughs> that's 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 yeah that's moving too fast so to create those moments in nature like I, I yeah I love uh, I love that idea like uh, that's something that's that's really helping to connect to to gaining awareness and connect with yourself and I too have the best ideals when I'm in silence or when I'm mm-hmm. working out which is like the same because I'm just doing the exercise and focusing on what I'm doing so I am in the present moment when I'm exercising so that's a moment when ideas will come, and and I think that's super important to cultivate those daily moments uh, uh, when you're addicted. Like you really need that, and and I know I'm talking about like when you're addicted, and and I've I've said it before. Like I I've never been addicted to a substance other than food or mm-hmm. like Netflix and so on. But there's so much thing like in common with that, and I cannot say like. It's the same it's so much different and the gravity is so much different, but spiritually there's something that's really similar to that experience yeah. Yeah.
1: that's interesting. you know I heard you talk about something uh, the, the easy button. I thought yes. that was such a great that just the way you explained that um, was so interesting. do you can you just talk about yeah. that?
0: yeah of course. So it's, it's actually the, the, the concept is that pain in your life is mandatory. So you will always be faced in your life, not always, but it's inevitable to feel some pain and to have some pain in your life, to have some difficult obstacles to face. But suffering is optional. And what that means is that you are going to be faced with a situation. So pain is inevitable, but suffering is when you are in resistance mode, and when you decide, and when you are in resistance mode, you you have this instinct to escape because it cannot be happening. So when you're not in acceptance of a situation that's happening to you, you're like, no, this can be happening, this can be happening, and then the panic starts. And you have to escape it, and the stress is too intense, or so you're not connected to your intuition. So often, people will escape in with the easy button, so with uh, an easier solution, an external uh, product, substance, whatever it is. And it is so hard to like sustain to be in that situation that you really want to uh, like use the easy way to escape it, the fast way to escape it in which is the easy button and easy button often is of 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 course substances uh, external validation so external stuff that we connect ourselves to because we want to get out of ourselves so this is the easy button but actually the easy button leads to suffering
1: yeah that's right so
0: it's 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 really not the solution but i feel like in our society it's even more and more tempting we have more and more easy buttons everywhere Mm
1: like Absolutely
0: still right <laughs> it's so easy it's so easy in in our generation like we 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 want everything right now right in this moment and if we don't have it it's like we cannot like just wait wait for something it's like even we 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 ask for uber if the uber is not there in five minutes we'll ask for another one we'll try another app like we have to have everything and to solve all of our problem instantly instead of just sitting with the emotion, feeling the pain because it's painful and it's normal that it's painful and knowing with faith that it will pass. Maybe sometimes it's not one day. Sometimes it's an hour. Sometimes it's a year, but knowing that it will pass and, and just having faith, which is where the spiritual component just enters in, and I know everyone is not necessarily spiritual, but just trusting in something you know, trusting in the process you we have to like, how do how can we just live without this confidence in something bigger than us? But that's me,
1: yeah. I absolutely agree. I one of the things I love that I've said before is acceptance is the key to all of our problems. Oh, yes. It's a good one. And I actually learned that in the 12 steps. It's a great acceptance is the answer to all of my problems. And once you accept something or even just giving it up to something higher and allowing it to go on its way, because there's nothing we can do about it. We're completely powerless Mm -hmm. over people, places, things, and when I kind of learned that it, it takes so long because I got sober when I was 32 years old and I had been out as a addict and an alcoholic for over 20 years. And I, I didn't have a sober breath in between on a daily basis. It, mm-hmm. I didn't know how to live without a substance. Yeah. So here I am in the world and believe it, I was very excited and, and I felt great. It was weird. I felt great. And um, then, you know, a couple years later, it it hit me. And it's because your mind catches up, all the fun stuff and all the new people and the the great job and being able to fill your gas tank, you know, just little things that you never was, you were never able to do. You still have this little child, basically, because I feel like, when I started drinking was about 16 or 17 and and doing drugs all that time. I feel like I kind of left her on the side and just Uh bye-bye Daniela. And then here I am, who am I? (laughs) So it's a very interesting journey to say the least. And there's, and that's why I do this because I want to learn more. I know there's so much more. And as you get cleaner, Um, more sane whatever you want to call it you have more awareness and and it's such a gift to now have all these outlets and all these resources you know for us to learn all these new things and you I read on your uh, fireside profile you're a strategist of (laughs) a culture strategist It's so complicated, my,
0: yeah, with businesses. So I'm like my day job, as we say, my, my day job, how I make money, like my background and so on. It's really in business. And, and I've, I've come from wanted to actually not wanted to, but I was a marketer for yogurt. So Danone, you probably know that brand, which is a, a global brand. So I was, I was helping to sell yogurt through strategies of marketing okay. and I was good at it, but it was really not fulfilling for me. It was like, why am I trying to sell more yogurt <laughs> to people? <laughs> like I was, that didn't disconnect. And I don't want to judge people who do that because for a, for a lot sure. of people it's fine and it's their creative outlet, but for me it just lacked purpose and I just wanted to help people. That's something I felt like when I was at 22 years old, I just, I was like, I want to help people. Like, it's coming up. It's so strong, but I don't know how. I have no idea how I will help people because I'm not a psychologist. I'm, I, I, like, I, I don't have any like things in my background to help people. So, to serve a, miss, a mission. Uh, so, I transitioned into HR marketing, which is human resources marketing. Mm-hmm. And I help businesses to engage their employees and, and connect them to, the voice of their employees so i lead focus group i analyze surveys where i i I really listen to employees are how they are feeling and then i report that to uh, executive committees of businesses to 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 recommend them uh, some solutions to uh, tell them like your employees are feeling that and that's really not motivating for them so that's like the culture strategies. That's what it means. So I help them implement strategies to make their employees happier. That's how I connect like a certain, a, a certain kind of purpose. So that's like my day job. But I'm like really like in the transition right now of, of always trying to connect more and more to a mission, which would be one mission. Mm-hmm. Because right now I have the podcast on the side, which is more directly self development and more directly on my mission. Mm-hmm. And I have my day job that I, I, I try to make it more and more serving a mission. But still being in my skill set, you know. So I am paid right. and I survive because that's life. So I'm, I'm, I'm in that transition and I'm going into maternity leave in like two weeks. I'm like 38 weeks right now. <laughs> oh
1: my goodness. It's yes. so hard to
0: tell. That's amazing. <laughs> I would have to like, woo. But uh, yeah. Wow, <laughs> you have a
1: big belly. That's beautiful. I have a, How a huge lady?
0: belly. I am walking like that.
1: That is so exciting! Wonderful. Now your your mind has it. Have you had a lot of hormonal issues during your pregnancy?
0: Surprisingly, I've never been more zen. Wow. That's yeah. Because before I was always like with the season, I was like a leave. You know, I was really a lot of emotion, like feeling, Hmm. feeling a lot of things always and always in my reacting and with PMS honestly every month it was insane like my boyfriend will really know what's like it's happening right now like I'm yeah. Oof, it's a too much and since I don't have any more PMS and I'm just and there's life inside of me there's like an inner wisdom that comes with it and I know that everyone would experience it differently but for me it's like It's helped me a lot with my eating disorder, actually. Like, it's helped me a lot. Yeah. And I was like, I was saying, like, 90% yield. Okay, I'm trying to put percentage, but it's not working like that. But what I mean is that, like, I was really on the, like, top of the mountain, super aware of what's happening when I'm seeking comfort, Mm -hmm. but still and still not like coping with that that much quantity so it's not like binge eating more than eating for comfort so it was like a not big quantity so I was like healed but like you cannot stop eating you know so it's not like stop substances it's really hard to say like I'm healed or or I'm not and and with pregnancy (laughs) it's like I had another motivation that was so much stronger and so much like it was just compassion and love Mm, and just and I started the podcast at the same time in September so it was like a momentum of being more zen and, and I'm not saying like I'm perfect. Like I had COVID last week. A lot of things are happening to me right now.
1: Oh, wow.
0: It's a crazy two weeks. Like it's a cosmic, like universe is saying, okay, you have to clean up your life before the baby arrives. So oh, I had gosh. like a water damage. My oven just broke oh. yesterday. I'm like, why? In two years, nothing happened. And I I have all those things happening. So I'm not perfect. And when I had COVID, I was finding it difficult to just sit with myself and not wanting comfort with food Mm -hmm. because I was so powerless, like in my bed. Like, what if I go into labor and I have COVID? My boyfriend Mm -hmm. won't be able to come with me. So all of these events and what you're saying about acceptance... I used that a lot during this week. I was like, okay, right now, you are not in acceptance of the situation. You are in resistance. You're like in your head blabbering about like, why is this happening to me? I'm so angry. Like I saw my friend and she saw a bunch of people before. And so I was like in those negative feelings, trying to blame someone. And I was aware that, that I was doing that. I was really like, that's the, the important part of when you cultivate awareness, you know that you're doing something, but it's not because you're aware that you can stop yourself. It's not that easy. You know, it's, it's, yeah. then you have to reframe your thoughts. You have to decide to be in acceptance. So it took me like one or two days, but after two or two, three days, <laughs> after two, three days, I, I was like, you know what? It's kind of good because I'm, I'm allowing myself to just rest, like do nothing because i just stopped working and I was working. I was doing the podcast. I was pregnant, preparing all the yeah. stuff for the baby. It's my first baby. So I have no idea what I'm doing. So all of this pressure was so much that I was like, you know what? One week in bed, resting is not that bad.
1: You yes. Know? Like, let me ask, how long did it take you to be that aware? Because you seem pretty aware you're helping yourself get through these things, but that takes time to get, you know, cultivate that awareness. Like you mentioned.
0: My God, how, how long It's like, I, I would have to like say that date I was officially aware, but what I can tell you is that I started yeah. like at 2022. So like 10, it's been 10 years that I'm on that path and, and working like it's and it's taking time because it's not something linear linear and, and like that. It's it's I didn't know that I was looking for that solution and that what I had to study, like I'd stumble upon like I, I, I was like, oh there's a book like that and that that drove me to another insight and then another insight. You know, there's no school of actually right now there's probably school of self-development because there's like coaching schools and so on. But it was not that popular. You didn't know, like, this is step one. And, yeah, that there's actually the 12-step, which helps a lot. But for Overeaters, it's – I didn't – I tried Overeaters, Anonymous, which Mm -hmm. is, like, like there's the 12-step and so on. But I didn't feel like I belonged. Like, I didn't feel that sense of – I wanted to share, I wanted to tell my story, I wanted to, pe- for people to tell me, I wanted the circle thing, you know, Okay. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's really like that, in, in A meetings,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like circle, people sharing their stories, people helping each other, it was like someone talking each time, and people just being in the room, but I was so lost, and so desperate, that I, I just needed someone to take care of me, and I needed like to talk to connect with people and that just didn't happen like that Mm. unfortunately which is why I didn't like continue I didn't continue the over uh, either anonymous so even then I was looking for solution and always alone and never finding what to do it was such a hard such a lonely place to be for like all of my life wow I was so alone like there's when so people- less, like not a lot of research. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I thought about like going to A meetings even because I was like, I feel like I would belong like to, to those people that just
1: yeah
0: are real and are raw. And yeah I just want to share it to have that community, but I've never found it
1: at this day. I've never found that community. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. Uh, you know, a lot of people I sponsor, cause I'm, ha- I have, you know over 15 years sobriety so I try to sponsor women and give them advice through the 12 steps and everything because that's what they did for me and you know that's why we keep going back to the meeting so we can help the people like they helped us and I notice a lot of the sponsees and the girls that come in they don't they feel the same exact way. they feel like everybody's watching them they can't speak up they're totally in fear because they feel like they don't fit in. And they don't ever come back. Um, what we try, what I try to tell them is keep going until you like it. Yeah. Try another meeting until you find a meeting that you like. Don't give up because there are, there is going to be one that you're really going to connect and you're going to really meet people that are going to be your friends for the rest of your life. For me, it was totally different. I, I, I blew my stomach lining of my stomach out. Even after that, I still didn't even know that there was such a thing about that called alcoholism and that I had a problem. And I, you know, I still wanted more afterwards, which was insane. I didn't even put the picture together that it was the drugs and alcohol that made the stomach lining burst open. But when I walked into my first meeting, it was just by chance, I had walked in the love, the love I felt. And the, the, wh- the reason why I felt so much love was because people were speaking a language I could understand for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents, they always were trying to make me happy. They would give me this, give me that, all the love in the world. They would do anything to make me happy. And that was the problem, <laughs> a lot of the problem you can't fix this alcoholic. I have to do it myself. And um, when I finally got sober at 32, just walking in that room and, and listening to the stories and understanding that I have an issue was a big, wide open, just cracked everything open. And once I kind of just allowed that, I kind of, just went with the flow and I I these girls they're they're so amazing some of them they'll they took me out to dinner afterwards and they listened to me talk because of course I was nuts it was my first day (laughs) and they listened (laughs) to me talk for an hour and they took me to dinner and they actually called me the next day wow and I was like wow
0: I wish I had that that's wonderful
1: I you know I I hope you would try to give it another try at a different place.
0: But There's I know you're right. I know you're right because I'm always saying that everything that's worth it, at first you will feel uncomfortable. You will feel like you don't belong, but you have to stick with it. Like I know mm-hmm. you are right, totally. But I was so, I don't know. I, I And I bought the books. I, I, I told myself like I will do it, but alone, but the fraternity mm-hmm. part is so important. I wish someone would have taken me like in charge,
1: yeah,
0: like that. I wished I was the the the. You have always when you have a newcomer, you would have always like someone making sure, like a buddy, making sure that the newcomer feels like included and knows how it works. And
1: right.
0: as a phone number, I've yes. even tried to have my mother like a my my mother like she was a health coach. She is a health coach. She's uh, still alive. <laughs> um, and and I, I, I was like, okay, when I have those feelings, I will call you. But it's my mother. Like, she's part of the problem. She's part of why I'm like that. So I cannot right. call her. She's too close to me, you know. Like, that's yeah. not working. Like, I, I, I craved that body. and And I even convinced myself, and I still don't know if it's true, but that's what I was the person and the support I was looking for. Was actually someone that I could be for myself, mm. like that best friend I was looking for mm. to complete me. Could be myself. I could talk to myself that way, which is wow. the the the. But I I know that fraternity. Like I I, I wish I had good, But I think you also have to be your best friend. I think you always you have to to be that person for you. And, and that's Omar did uh, for me, the exercise of reparenting. I don't know if you know that, uh, if you know that no. exercise, he actually used the, the the fact that I'm going to be a mother. I'm going to have a daughter. So it's a, it's a girl. And no. he just like, it was after five minutes talking to him for the first time. And he was like, okay, Imagine your daughter is in a room and she's hiding herself, eating a bunch of food and feeling ashamed. And you walk, like you you walk, you, you enter your, the, the, your daughter's room and you see her. How do you feel and what do you say? And I just burst into tears. It was yeah. an explosion because I saw myself because I did that all of my childhood because I've been so ashamed and I was Mm. feeling so alone always alone and my parents didn't know it or they didn't know it but did not say anything I was always hiding with all those bucks of cookies and and feeling sorry for myself Mm. and isolating and and what I felt was like what what I wanted to tell her was so much compassionate so much love it was only that it was it was so like, it was a burst of, I was crying because I was feeling like sad for her. But at the same time, I was feeling so much love for her. And, Mm. and, and what I said to her was, was like, I love you. You are enough. You are perfect as you are. You are like, what you are feeling is, is, is normal. What you are feeling is Okay. Like, you are, mm-hmm. you are fine. Like, I will help you get through this. Like, I'm with you. Like, you are loved. And that that's what I was saying to her.
1: That, that makes me emotional. Because I think it makes me think about when I was a young girl. And how I was just so angry. And I was so mean and bad to my parents. And it, it's just, it, it reminds me of just, that girl and and how I, you know, what, how I would tell her you're going to be okay. You, 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 these things that I think that the things I thought were making me happy, you know, they weren't. And um, it's just really touching to go through an experience like that. And you're lucky because you've been working on yourself for the past 10 plus years and, you have a child coming and now you can help yourself help, you know, be a better mother.
0: Yeah. Sure. And actually I had that illusion that I want to wait to have a kid to be like healed, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. I'm like, <laughs> when I I'm going to, I'm still not figured out. Like I'm going to wait and I'm 33 years old, which is, for some people older to have a kid, like a first kid, let's say I'm I'm one of the my last body. I'm not saying it's like too old, I'm just saying in society like thirty three, like I was the last of my girlfriend like to have a child and I was always waiting because I felt like I had so much so much thing to work on and I was scared to to um, to fuck up my child, let's say right. it like that, you know? And I think yeah. it's inevitable to influence and transfer some patterns but at least I'm going to be aware and want it to work on myself and and of course I'm scared of that situation because I know addiction there's a little bit of genetics in it right. so I'm scared of that like I, I am I, I mean, am
1: I don't have children but I think about that I think about okay if I was to adopt a child and it's just fear it's so much fear yeah. that we're yeah. filled we're just filled with it. Yeah. You know. Thousands of different forms of fear just riddle our brains all the time. Even just before the podcast, I said, oh, I'm not good enough. I can't oh, do yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's just, you know, it, it's, and when you have um, uh, a brain that just d- does not function right anymore, that forgets what she was going to say. <laughs> 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 but, you know, when you have so many different things you can, can use as outlets? Is it too much? Do you think? I mean, there's so many things like, do we really have to be that in tune with our problems? Like, yes, maybe our mom said the wrong thing as when we were a child, like, um, don't do that. That's not good for you. Those things. But what if it isn't not good? And yes, it affects you, but I mean, how do we, we can't become so perfect and, and analyze our thoughts and our actions so much that, you know, we kind of make ourselves crazy in a way.
0: There is a balance because, yeah, I I'm over i an over-analyzer, like for sure. I think it's good to just understand some of the things that were most impactful, but you, you the importance is not to be resentful towards what our parents did to us and did to us is like my parents they loved me they were I'm super privileged I I, I had a no abuse in my childhood um they were just the way they were they were a little bit uh, perfectionist Uh, they didn't like too much emotions and and I was always like too much so those are like little things but still things that made me feel not good enough or too much of something and and, and but I don't mm-hmm. feel resentful so it's not like I'm not trying to like pinpoint everything but that helps me understand because the fear you talked about which is I always say my god I have so much fear like I'm living in fear like my I'm really the same like I, I'm my first reaction to things is 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 really fear but I'm trying to like switch this because uh, I, anxiety is not helping it at all
1: mm-hmm. and I
0: think that fear is ego based so I'm always t- trying to challenge <laughs> like my fear you know is it coming from the need to be some kind of of person like that and like that and and ah, nice. it helped me to understand that fear was coming from a little bit from my dad because he was so fearful of her little daughter, daughter like living in the world that's so dangerous like my my father lived in a lot of fear and i realized that and that just helped me to dissociate a little bit of that emotion
1: mm yeah
0: so it's just like some realization that just helps you to move on and to say like oh, okay that comes from that that's interesting okay so I can like I'm not that attached to it yet. I'm less attached to it because I understand where it comes from. Like I, for me, it's been like that. It's it's helped me like to dissociate and to say, I take the best of what my parents gave me, which is a lot, yeah. And the rest, I'm not. I don't have to take it. You know, I, I'm choosing what I, I move on with, but I dissociate with some of the things that I'm not. I'm not obligated to identify to the, everything they've, they are, you know?
1: I like that. I like that a lot because a lot of us get stuck on these past issues and behaviors and things that we've been through and we have to forgive and we yeah. have to move on. Because you have so- to move
0: on. Yeah, you cannot get stuck. You cannot yeah. get stuck. You have to understand that your parents did the best they could with what they knew, what they had. Sometimes yeah. it's really hard because it, when we're talking about abuse, of course, it's hard to be forgetful, well, not forgive for for, for forgetful to, to forgive. Yeah. But unfortunately, hatred is like drinking the poison and hoping the other one dies. You know, so it's mm-hmm. really like the 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 thing you have to. It's just really <laughs> impacting yourself. You are the one yeah. suffering when you're not forgiving and I'm talking and I I don't want to judge because I I didn't live with abuse I cannot like judge someone yeah as live with abuse and I would totally understand someone feeling resentful towards a parent that is still not aware and and denying everything that that must be horrible but I know that resentment just brings you stuck in the past and like you said doesn't give you anything good so you have to forgive like they did the best they could with what they knew, with the experience yeah. they've had, the way they knew, they, they thought love was such, such
1: a key I, thing, what you yeah. said. It, it's resentment. It, it's an offender of a lot of lives. Yeah. Know, they, people can't let stuff go and then they end up dead because they drank too much. They didn't eat. They did eat. Whatever. It doesn't They poison themselves. They, they, they do yes. that. They poison themselves. Right. Exactly. And it's sad because a lot of people cannot let go of or even associate their ego and their thoughts and, and put them apart like that. Um, it's really sad because so many people are dying. And yeah. these podcasts, I believe, just, just a few words, even if someone just took a few words out of it, of acceptance. Yes, um,
0: that's the one when, I would have chosen too. Yeah, that's the one I would have chosen. The acceptance part is 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 life changing because it's every situation that happens to you you have two choice acceptance or resistance and mm-hmm. like resistance doesn't bring you anything good that brings you suffering so yeah. so for me that's the 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 takeaway that's the for me really changed things for the last few weeks like directly so I like you say only one bit can really change your your outlook on life and your outlook on life is directly related to your addiction, to the managing of your emotion, to it's all connected. It's not about the addiction. It's about like, what's
1: yeah under underlying, like the way yeah. we feel about ourselves. Yes, absolutely. And I bet you, uh, you practice contrary action. When I asked you to do the podcast, you <laughs> probably thought, ah, uh, cause you're pregnant and you're about to have a baby and you had COVID and you still said, yes, that was really nice of you. I appreciate you coming on. That was so wonderful. Yeah. And, but that's so yeah. exciting.
0: Yeah. But I feel privileged. I'm like, wow. Like that's wonderful. I, 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 I've never told like my story or t- like, like, that's a good experience. I, I love that. And I, I, really, I really enjoyed talking to you.
1: You're, you're really awesome. Oh, well, I'm so glad you came on and, and, for whatever reason, I, I as I've gotten older, I used to do on-camera stuff when I was in my 20s and 30s. Well, now I just, I'm different. I, I have a hard time with that. I have a lot of anxiety before I go on. <laughs> and I'm just so glad that we were able to talk and, and have a good conversation and, um, you know, that you're doing well. And I appreciate you coming on just right about to go on maternity leave. And we really wish you the best. And uh, you know, let us know how it goes. And thank you very much for coming on.
0: That's so nice. Thank you for the invitation, Daniela.
1: And hey, where people want more of you, they can uh, go to your podcast, uh, Zen AF, and that is zenaf.buzzsprout.com. And your social media on Instagram is Laura underscore Zen underscore AF. Uh, where did you say some of the English pods are at? actually the
0: season two so the english pods is the last one with omar pinto when we talk about um, uh, what is beneath our addiction and, and underlying so that's the number 13 and my social media is a lot lot of quotes in english so there's awesome. more and more in english and season two will come when i will feel like i've uh, uh like i said like I don't know what it is to take care of a newborn. So I want to be compassionate with myself. I want to practice what I preach, which is give myself time. I don't want to wait too long. So I'm saying like season two coming summer 2022. Summer can be June. Summer can be July. Summer can be August. I don't know how I'm going to feel. Uh, but uh, there will be more and more uh, episodes in English because I want to explore all of the interesting people
1: that I can talk to. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, Zen is Fuck uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. should become a book one day. I hate to say it, but that is such a cool experience with your life. And to name your book, that would be very catchy too. But will I will think love, about that. <laughs> I, I, I think with you, all of your experience, you could probably come up with a really great book that would help a lot of people.
0: Thank you so much. And, that means a lot.
1: Um, you take good care and uh, enjoy motherhood. And we'll talk with you soon. Thank you. Have a nice night. Thank you. And thanks for joining us, everybody, on the live stream on uh, YouTube and Facebook. And please join us next week. We have an awesome guest coming, uh, Mackenzie and she is from the Sober Elephant Chronicles. Thanks again for joining us.